Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso. And I'm Ann Friedman. On today's agenda, French researcher scammer is selling made up ideas about gender dynamics and has been for years. Feminism is the word of the year for 2017. Icon Zoe Terry is only 11 and sending dolls to girls who look like her around the world. Plus, a plug for Operation Santa in New York City and in other locations. Hello, Ann Friedman. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> did you not that expect was... me to echo that one? <laughs> I, I did not expect you to echo Madia for me. Listen, Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need to be seen and, and reflected. <laughs> it's true. How's it going over there? Totes, totally normal. I mean, I have like no update. <laughs> Although I do want to tell you about this one thing that I saw on the internet this week when I was like mindlessly like internet shopping, not shopping, you know, just like looking. Oh my God, tell me everything. It was unmistakably a scrunchie. Like the photo is blousey fabric around an elastic. It was being sold for $70 as a quote hair cloud. Hair cloud. $70 scrunchie is a hustle I really would like to get into. Oh my God, right? And also the rebrand. Like, it's not a scrunchie, which is a punchline by now, but it's a hair cloud. Like, that... I couldn't it's even so believe It's so good it. because I feel like there's so many more people in the online economy who like wouldn't recognize the scrunchie. So it's actually like the perfect time to scam people on this. It's great. Oh, I know. Like getting getting Gen Z, which has never lived in a scrunchie prevalent world. I kind of want a scrunchie. I saw a woman wearing one the other day at the gym and it was like, it was like one of those like ginormous ones. And it just like made me wistful for five minutes where it's like all of her hair was contained in it. Her workout was banging. And I was like, you know what? This lady gets it. She like didn't let the fact that she couldn't find like a regular hair clip, like stop her from leaving the house today. I mean, friend of the podcast slash composer for the podcast, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, is frequently known to be rocking a hair cloud. Queen of the scrunch. <laughs> yeah, I said hair I sent, cloud. I oh sent it to God. her and she was just like, I this is so offensive. <laughs> I can't wait till we put in some scrunchies in the CYG shop. Carly, Anne, are you listening? Oh my God. Listen. $70 hair clouds is on my future get rich scheme list. What a world. Ugh. Love a scam. Thank you. Tell me what's going on in your world. Oh, you know, not a lot. Um, <laughs> not a lot besides dealing with like chronic illness in the background, which honestly like has been fine. I think where I'm at is like that completely checked out for the holiday emotionally space where but you still have like things to do uh, like that has been this is my least favorite time of the year. Like some people are just like, oh, my God, holiday parties, like whatever. And I'm just like, no, get me to the part where I don't have to wear any underwear and I can watch Freaks and Geeks and just like make cassoulet at my house. And I literally am not accountable to another human being because I don't celebrate Christmas. Like I'm ready to get to that part of my holiday re regimen. And I'm being like very impatient. What you're saying is you hate Advent. <laughs> yeah, listen, I love an Advent calendar. I know. In fact, I have three right now. 
Um, and the candy is banging in the advent calendar. My God. That waxy chocolate. <laughs> no, these are like superior Euro chocolates. Thank you, friend of the podcast, Marissa Meltzer, for Ooh. like reminding me that we have options. <laughs> My advent calendar situation is, like, very embarrassing right now. It's, like, every day I'm, like, ooh, three calendars. Love it. I love it. What's behind door number one? Door number two? Door number three? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody. And then I got one from, like, somebody who is, like, a... I guess like some sort of alcohol rep and it's like an alcohol advent calendar. So you get like tiny little bottles. What? And uh, <laughs> the problem is that I got really impatient with that one. So I took the bottles out like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Making tiny little mixed drinks. <laughs> tiny cocktails. Yeah. On December 2nd, I was like, actually, it is more efficient to make a margarita if I like open up <laughs> this entire calendar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just not one of those like a holiday season people. It's not my, it's not my jam. Even though I've watched the movie The Holiday probably like once every other day at this point. Oh my god, it is important. I do feel like I I like a Christmas movie more than I should, given other things about my personality and taste. What's your favorite Christmas movie? I mean, Home Alone. <laughs> what or what are your Christmas movie like uh, repertoire? So Home Alone. I mean, Home Alone is my first, my forever, perhaps my only, like eclipsing, eclipsing all others. But um, lately, and I forget if we've talked about this, Die Hard has been claimed as a Christmas movie. First of all, that's not lately. That's since the beginning of time. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. I think though, like, it's not like it was on like top 10 lists of best Christmas movies, like before the internet got tired of the usual suspects and had to start reaching out. What kind of savage home did you grow up in? Well, I've never seen Die Hard. (laughs) Okay. So you're watching Die Hard this Christmas. I've been saying I'm going to make time to watch, like, look, things I just don't have time for in my life, watching Die Hard. It's never the right time for me to watch (laughs) Die Hard. This is what I've learned. Um, so, so, so that's the most Anne Friedman sentence like in the entire world. Thank you. I have no logical defense of that. It's just like anyway. But yeah, I mean, the answer is like Home Alone, Home Alone Two, the musical classic White Christmas, which is maybe the only musical ever I am semi invested in. I've never seen White Christmas. It's on my list to do, and then I'm like, I'm sorry, I have. Elf and Love Actually to watch, so I don't have time for this. Uh, White Christmas is in Technicolor, and it, it, the other competing sort of like musical set at an inn in like the mid-20th century has an interlude featuring blackface. So it is so much worse than the alternative, which is White Christmas, that once you learn that, you're like, oh, wow, this is like, this is the only option for kitschy Christmas musical. (laughs) Oh, my God. Why do they ruin everything? Why do they ruin everything? Do you have a top holiday movie other than The Holiday? Is that just your number one forever? It's not my number one forever. I don't really have like strong Christmas rituals, you know, so it's not part of my culture. But I found that in the recent post-college years, I find myself going back to the holiday a lot. Elf, I think, came out like when I graduated high school, maybe. And so that's been like a mainstay Christmas movie for me. I also enjoy Elf more than I probably should. (laughs) Yeah, Elf is like, it like just checks all the boxes, Mm. really, if I'm perfectly honest. I like Die Hard, but you know how I feel about action movies in general? Like, I I believe you will like Die Hard, too. I have no doubt. Yeah. (laughs) 
How do you feel about the family stone? Oh, I obviously love the family stone. Hello. <laughs> so. That's like, that's maybe the ideal Christmas movie. It's so Are good. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. The family stone is the ideal Christmas movie. Everything about it is a fucking disaster. Also definitely racist, but you know, we'll like let it ride for comedy purposes. Yeah. It's like the modern version of the like musical black faced interlude. Not going to hold up well. Doesn't hold up now and like well already in fact, but Whew. Yeah, it's like what what did I watch on TV the other day? This the Bishop's Wife, like some like 1940s like Cary Grant situation. It was fine, but I was like I like this better when Whitney Houston is in it. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I feel like Christmas is the time that like makes or breaks a lot of early relationships for me. We were like sit down, watch all my movies. Whoa, really? <laughs> and I'm always like I hate every single one of these like movies that you grew up on. But I had definitely have a soft spot for like black holiday movies, like Best Man Holiday is the jam. Mm-hmm. The black almost Christmas is great. Is there a white almost Christmas? I think so. I don't but know. The black actually. version is great. The kid who loved Christmas. I think we can say that Jingle All the Way is also a black Christmas movie, even though it has Arnold Schwarzenegger because of Sinbad. Uh, Whoa. It's terrible. Have not engaged with Jingle All the Way ever. <laughs> Jingle All the Way is terrible, but if you get high, it's like very serviceable. I'm not going to lie oh, to you. I didn't realize we were reviewing these based on if you get high, <laughs> in which case I'm like, elf, best movie ever made. Like. <laughs> yeah. Preacher's Wife. Thanks, Denzel, Whitney Houston. Ugh. Y'all still got it. And then there's that terrible, it's like based on Christmas card and it has a Vanessa Williams. God, what is it called? The Diva's Christmas Carol. What? It's so bad. Yeah. It's like a... I have obviously not read the like original, but or like seen the original, but this is like Vanessa Williams as Ebenezer Scrooge. And it's amazing. She's like a black pop (gasps) singing diva. And her name is Ebony Scrooge. (gasps) It's great. Black people make everything great. You should watch it. And then Last Holiday with Queen Latifah is like the movie that makes me cry all the time. (laughs) Sure. 100%. Um, yeah, Ebony Scrooge. Every year I'm like, I'm going to watch the original of that. And then it never happens. I am going to invest in a Diva's Christmas Carol. Wow. 2000. Like, perfect. Important year. I'm telling you, Ebony Scrooge, like the pop diva that we needed in the 2000s. Oh my God. Also starring Kathy Griffin as the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, I'm telling you, (laughs) just get, just get high and sit down for the ride because it is going to make your life. Oh, thank you for curating this for me. Die Hard followed by a Diva's Christmas Carol. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, now that we've spent like a million years on Christmas movies. Listen, we're all just like skating into the vacation, you know, the last two weeks of the year. So I'm comfortable with it. I feel like holiday movie casserole update, you know, sweatpants update. I just got some new sweatpants. Like I'm ready, you know. (laughs) The other momentous thing that's happening for me is that the New York Times cooking section has like a 27 casseroles for cold nights (laughs) recipes. My only holiday goal this year is to make every single one of them. Wait, they're real. Oh my God. Okay. Really? 27. Yeah. So I already made, I already made one that was like Indian spice, tomato and egg casserole. It's basically like Indian food shakshuka. It was amazing. And then they cheated by putting a lasagna in here, but the lasagna recipe is like very commendable. So it's like fine. 
there's also a shakshuka, which like, don't worry. But tonight I'm making slow baked beans with kale. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But let me tell you, cooking for one and casseroles is like both a logistical nightmare and also like a leftovers heaven. Were there any casseroles on that list featuring cream of mushroom or cream of celery soup? <laughs> You know, I haven't looked at all of them, but there's definitely a homemade mushroom lasagna one that I suspect has a cream of mushroom in it. And then there's this wild rice and mushroom casserole. But you know how the elitist New York Times is. I would not be surprised if uh, there's no cream of mushroom in any of these, which cream of mushroom is like one of the best things that you brought into my life. I was like, excuse me? Listen, the white community does not have a lot to offer this world, but cream of mushroom soup is like right up there. And it is critical. Listen, the white community does well on casseroles. I'm not going to lie. You guys bring the goods. Yeah. I mean, and also I have to say that like having done a decent amount of casseroling for one, I feel like cutting it in half and I mean, not if you're making 27 in the span of a month, which like, you know, you are a better woman than I, but like if you're, if I mean, you're, not in the span of a month, <laughs> in the span of how my stomach can handle it. You know okay. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel like cutting the recipe in half and then like eating half, that's like two meals at a time and then freezing the other half. Like it actually does like freeze and reheat pretty well if you have the proper Tupperware sitch. Yeah. That's like, it's me. It's like my whole freezer right now is chicken enchiladas and big I've turned into the, the older women that I've always admired. I was like, oh, my God, my freezer is like has food in it. Yes. I, instead of booze. I learned it from the, my a grandma. real adult transition, a real adult transition. Look, it's like how you get away with being like both lazy and well fed. It's like it's perfect. The freezer is the only answer. <laughs> It's changed my life. I was like, maybe if you cut back on this like fish food and like booze and put real food in here, Saturday mornings turn into real treats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the best. I'm, it's the best. I'm proud of you. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're proud of me for adopting white traditions. I love I'm it. I'm proud of you for <laughs> pre-caring for yourself by freezing delicious foods. Uh, it's the way to go. It's the way to go. I'm, I feel very accomplished. Yes. Also trying to entrap me. <laughs> Proud of you for learning white traditions. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to entrap you. I love white people. Some of my favorite, some of my favorite people in the world are white people. Okay, I have some news from the world of academia scammers, which I know is like one of your favorite topics. Uh, top three favorite rubric for me. Hit me. Um, okay, so there is a French psychologist named Nicolas Guéguin. I'm so proud of you. It's a very good shot. <laughs> Thank you. Essentially, the purveyor of many studies that you see covered in popular media that have to do with 
gender and how it's performed and how it's lived, but like in really simplistic ways. New York Magazine covered his work in an article that was headlined, One French Scientist Found Five Research-Backed Ways to Get a Woman's Number. Time Magazine covered one of his studies with, Science Proves It, Men Really Do Find High Heels Sexier. Um, and men should wear them mm, more often. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, mm, wouldn't they feel sexier? Um, I, I'm, I'm into a man with a heel. It's cute. Other ones were about, like, uh, how does, like, customer behavior change and, like, gender behavior change with, with the smell of lavender, lemon, or nothing at all. One of them was about the color red and, like, the emotions it brings out in people. So, like, firmly in the realm of already questionable if you add up all of this stuff, right? Questionable, but also, like, the pop social science stuff that, like, a magazine or, like, a publication would eat up. So it's, like, the perfect crime, really. Totally. So two scientists who I believe are American were reading a headline associated with this French researcher's study about... This, this is a real gem about how men are less likely to help women whose hair is tied up in a bun or a ponytail. <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. really funny. So actual scientists, <laughs> as opposed to journalists, who we know are easily swindled by research that can be turned into clickbait quickly, like I would 100% admit it. Actual scientists saw this and were like, hmm... Uh, something doesn't smell right and it's not lavender essential oil. So we're going to look into this. <laughs> and basically he's published 11 papers already in 2017, which is like, if you know anything about the kind of research that should be required for a kind of social science conclusion, like what he's drawing, that's like crazy. 11 papers a year is a lot, a lot, a lot. Wow. A prolific scammer. We love it prolific. And then so so then these these scientists like went back and started looking at all of Gagan's studies, like every single thing that he has put out in recent time and a lot of the things that were the clickiest clickbait and he couldn't answer for it. They published a piece in Ars Technica recently that like had all the critiques of every single study and he couldn't answer it. I am still stuck on the like uh, if you wear your hair no bun, men will find it so disgusting they won't help you. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is like such a great scam because so many people are conditioned to just be like, well, here's how a man likes my hair. Like it's genius. Totally. And they're all like confirming like existing existing things like, oh, men men find high heels sexy. Great. <laughs> like here's a study that confirms yeah, like a thing we Men already... don't love man repeller hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is great. But also like, wow, how can you go on for so long before somebody catches you? Right. It's it's kind of like this like evolutionary psychology. All of these studies that like are cited frequently to be like, see, like this is some baked in stuff from back when we were not an evolved society um, <laughs> who like who had words for our, many words for our gender and like complicated relationships. So um, the other tell in, in many of these studies is that in most of them, he was the sole researcher, which is I don't know a lot about this stuff, but was a red flag to the scientists who were looking into it. He can't do it all. I mean, yeah, right. M more resting on stereotypes like men definitely can do it all. And that's like what he's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like the list of these papers is crazy. Bus size and hitchhiking, a field study from 2007. <laughs> oh my God. I know, exactly. Who is still hitchhiking in 2007 is what I want to know. I know. 
The answer is, yeah, young women participating in this study. <laughs> Sorry, go on. This is so funny. I'm just reading this one. It's like, in this study, a handful of 20-year-old females had their bus sizes rated by 15 male students to ensure that their breasts were, quote, smaller than young women of their age typically possess on average. If they passed the test, the women had to insert a latex leaf into their bras to increase their bus size and put on a white figure hugging shirt, which highlighted... What is wrong with men? Right. And the other thing about this is like that study in particular, most of the young women who participated in that were research assistants who had to do things like lie on the beach in bikinis or wear short skirts with tight fitting tops to like help him conduct his research. And they were not compensated for it. This is so wrong. I can't believe he got away with this for so long. Yeah. All of that is to say that from now on, when I see a study that is confirming some kind of Evo psych thing about how there's innate gender difference and like men just love, only love women with hourglass figures who seem (laughs) submissive or like whatever, you know, like whatever thing that like science is trying to like scam us with today. Reading through and if I see this guy's name, it's like kind of a ding, ding, ding. What do you do? Yeah, Um, no, canceled. This guy is canceled canceled but also like how easily manipulated is everyone that like this kind of like fake like uh pop psychology is working on us yeah i mean we all know that gender is like gender essentialism is the ultimate scam but like it turns out science about gender essentialism is the ultimate ultimate scam (laughs) like faux (laughs) science you know (laughs) you know it's like some part of it is funny but then the other part of it too is like actually like is deeply like sad It just, like, bolsters all these, like, terrible beliefs that you have about men and women. Yeah. I mean, this stuff, like, makes a difference. Like, each of these these studies spawned, like, tons of supposed trend stories explaining, like, you know, social behavior and gender. What a scam. This is amazing. Thank God for those other scientists who figured it out. Love an academia scam. Me too. It also makes me think of one of my favorite journalism parlor games which is find a psychology today article to support the any ludicrous belief that you have or like any like (laughs) like like, this is a thing you can really do if you're like oh like i'm just annoyed when people jaywalk if you try to google a study that says people who jaywalk are like worse people or like contribute to the downfall of society or are like horrible in some other way like you will be able to find research to support your beliefs because they're all only like two paragraphs long this is wild thank you for today's lol i just now i'm gonna go and read all of his work today's lol sob yeah Did you know that feminism is Webster's word of the year this year? (laughs) I mean, how is this determined? Um, It's determined by the fact that, uh, first of all, 
the Webster's Dictionary people are the best Twitter account in the world. <laughs> but anyway, this year they, um, they're saying that feminism is the word of the year, meaning that it's the most search word on their website, which um, is, I don't know, it's like both funny and also like, oh, like I guess something is happening. So the lookups for the definition of feminism increased by 70% over the last year, which is like pretty big. And it kind of makes sense because so much of what the is in the news right now actually like intersects perfectly with feminism. But also, I am a little depressed that so, so many people have to look up what feminism is. Yeah, one of the details from this uh, is that after Kellyanne Conway made some statement about how she's not a feminist because feminism is, quote, very anti-male and certainly very pro-abortion. I'm like, mm, one of those things is right. Um, <laughs> uh, she, uh, like, she caused apparently lots of people to look up the actual definition. And it made me think about the sort of, like, political implications of how things are defined. Because after I saw this, I was like, well, I want to read the Merriam-Webster entry for feminism. I know. I realized that I had also not read it because, like, my standard definition for feminism is uh, obviously the bell hooks one, you know, that is just, like, perfectly encapsulates, like, everything where she's just like, feminism is a struggle to end sexist oppression and it's necessarily a struggle to eradicate the ideology of domination that permeates Western culture on various levels, as well as a commitment to reorganizing society to that self-development of people can take precedence over imperialism, economic expansion, and material desires. It's a mouthful, but it's also like, thank you. This is like the work that we're doing here. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, very specific. The Merriam-Webster definition, which is not bell hooks comprehensive, you might be surprised to learn, um, is one, the, th the theory of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. Two, organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. It doesn't say anywhere in here that we're killing all the men. Where did that go? I know, right? It's weird. It's almost like saying that you believe in gender equality is taken as a threat to people who are... <laughs> already in a dominant gender position. It's really weird how that happens, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's also honestly like one of my least favorite memes in the entire universe is when um, like a publication will ask usually a celebrity or like some sort of famous woman if she's a feminist and then she'll reflexively be like, no, I love men because like you have no business asking somebody with a high school education like what they actually think about organized activity and politics. But anyway, and then the publication never pushes back on what the definition is. Like, that drives me crazy. Or they're like, no, I'm a humanist. And I'm like, you don't even know what that means. And, like, these things are not opposite. I guess, like, that's the one silver lining of people, like, looking up this definition for themselves and, like, that Kellyanne Conway thing. Like, that's great. But it really does drive me crazy that whenever publications, like, talk about feminism, they never define what feminism is. Or, right, define how they're using it. Because, like, I actually would be okay with them asking that question if they were specific about it, right? Like, if they were like, hello, do you believe in the political, economic, and social equality of people of all genders? Uh, that's a really different question. You know what I mean? And then saying like, are you a feminist? And like, leave that up to interpretation slash like, maybe we're going to hope you self-immolate by answering this question wrong so we can like, you know, write a headline that feels salacious right. about it. Less so now than in the past, I think, but definitely like you still see that. 
it's a bad question. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like not a good question to ask someone in an interview, but it's also like, you're right. The answer that I'm not a feminist because I love men is just like, excuse me? Y- yeah, sweetie. Like the rest of us hate men. This is why we're doing this thing. Like what a, like, what a completely idiotic thing to believe. Um, it's also though, so the one dictionary nerd thing about this that I really enjoyed is Merriam-Webster in particular has this feature where it tells you when the first the word first came into use, which for the term feminism was 1895, according to Merriam-Webster. And it allows you to see words that also came into use that same year. Hello, time traveler. Including ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crap shooter. Uh-huh. Croaker sack. Brunch. Oh yeah, brunch. <laughs> biracial yeah dance card field hockey it's a lot there's a lot of like great lesbian vibes happening here i'm into it Mm, mm -hmm. um yeah the list is pretty incredible turbulent flow what is that (laughs) this is great you want to know what the other popular word of the year was the number two word what it was not intersectionality what but Right. It's like after you've learned about feminism, you should probably learn about intersectionality. Let me hit you with the headlines. But the second most popular dictionary word this year was complicit. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. Which is actually like very poetic and great. And then online dictionaries also said that there were spikes in searches for the word involved Ivanka Trump. Yeah, this is like fascinating. And so Merriam-Webster said that uh, complicit spiked in March when Ivanka responded to accusations she was being complicit in her father's <laughs> <decision>. <laughs> this is, I love this. I love dictionary trends. Also, there's a quote from Ivanka at that time, quote, I don't know what it means to be complicit, <laughs> but I hope time will prove that I have done a good job. Like, what? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of Ivanka, her publicist is working overtime right now. I saw the best headline in the world. Tell me. Here was the headline from The Hill earlier this week. Ivanka's criticism of Roy Moore compelled Trump to back him. Report. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was like, if that is not the most dastardly use of like shadow PR that you've ever seen. She's just like trying to save her skin, trying to save her business and still like be a part of this family. It's just like, we see you, we see you and we do not salute you. Wow. I mean, also say it publicly. Like that's the thing where I'm like, I don't trust you. Like I see you planting these stories so you have deniability with your base. But like, if you really, if you really believe this, like say it publicly. Yeah, but you know, she's like the ultimate snake. It's like all of her Instagram this week was uh, holiday photos and everywhere was like, happy holidays. And I was like, I thought your father said that he was bringing Christmas back and he was going to make Christmas great again. How come it's not Merry Christmas in your world? Oh, is it maybe because you're also raising children who are not Christians? Like, fuck all of you. Wait, she's doing they're what? So, no, I'm just kidding. They're so crazy. Yeah. They're so crazy over there. I and like the, the theater of it is like, it's very transparent. Mm. Definition of like complicit, like picture like a pixelated sketch of Ivanka, like in the dictionary, like in the old pointillist drawings. It's like, yeah, <laughs> pointillist drawing of Ivanka under complicit. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait. But you know what? She's probably going to do just fine. This is going to be a bumpy. It's like a bumpy time in her reputation. But like she's going to be just fine and rehabilitate herself in a couple of years. Ugh, gross. I mean, I wish I believed you were wrong. You know why? Because we are complicit. That's why. Yeah. I mean, everyone has to own, like, Ivanka probably getting her career back as soon as she's not associated with and complicit in this administration. 
Right. She's going to write a book about like what you do when your dad's a difficult person <laughs> and everybody will be like, oh, my God, I, I completely identify. <laughs> it's true. Like all of it'll basically be like the or version of all of those trend stories about like how to deal with your racist relatives. It'll be like exactly. the bestseller. She's version. like, that's what I was trying to do. All of those Thanksgivings in the White House. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Trash, trash, trash people. Trash, <laughs> trash swamp people, these people. I just can't believe it. Can I tell you about someone who is an excellent, not trash person at all? Please, I just want to hear great news. This is a very much a Shine Theory icon slash a girl who is like, owning her beliefs and like putting them into action in the best way. Her name is Zoe Terry. She goes to school in Miami. And years ago, in 2010, she was bullied because she's the only black girl in her class. And because, quote, my hair was so puffy. Her hair is really cute. Aw, Zoe. And so... I'm just looking her up. She's so cute. I know. She's adorable. And she had this idea that maybe other girls of color, other black and brown girls... Uh, would want dolls that look like them so they could feel beautiful about their puffy hair and about their features and less alone. And so six years later, she started an organization called Zoe's Dolls. And they put collection bins in Georgia, Mississippi, and Texas, and also in Florida, which is where she's from. And she has distributed 20,000 dolls to 4,000 girls. Zoe, what a champion. I know. And to girls in the U.S., Haiti, and Zambia. So she's international. I am so into this. Like, well played. I know. What a great human being. Also, just, I love I love the empathy, too, of being like, idiot racist kids in my school are being terrible to me. And instead of doing any number of things that would have been totally justified for her to do with that experience, she was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to help other girls who are in my position. Exactly. Way to, like, see beyond just yourself when you're having a really painful experience. I am so into this child. I also need to read you this quote from her because uh, this reporter with Bloomberg asked her if she's still getting bullied at school these days. And she said, people know that certain things won't bother me as much. Like, if you make a mean comment, it won't bother me because I have so much confidence in myself. Ah, uh, Zoe, okay. She's 11. <laughs> This is the energy I'm going to channel into the weekend. You really just turned my day around. Thank you. I know. I saw this link and it like, it honestly made my day too. It made me so happy. Thanks, Zoe. Zoe stalls forever. Can I tell you about one good news thing in the spirit of Zoe that you can do for the holidays? Yes, please. Operation Santa is a thing that the U.S. Postal Service runs that I had only ever seen in movies, if I'm quite honest. But I'm like, oh, you can actually, like, adopt families and, like, who write in letters to uh, to the Postal Service. But so anyway, if you go to DeliverCheer.com, you can read letters from, like, kids who want presents and you can pick a letter or you can pick many letters and you can make somebody's holiday. My entire living room right now is spent trying to figure out how to gift wrap. You know that that's my number one most terrible skill that I have is that I don't know how to gift wrap anything. I know you're all thumbs but, when it comes to gift wrap. 
Oh my God. It's like all toes, really. Um, I'm hoping that I'm going to learn this year. But it has been like, I'm really happy that this website exists. It sounds like very holiday cliche, but there are a lot of people who are less fortunate than you. And a lot of them are children who just want to have a good holiday and you can make like a huge difference in their lives. So delivercheer.com, get on it, get a letter and send somebody a present. Oh my God, I'm doing it right now. It'll make you feel great, which is like the whole point of like doing this kind of stuff. You make somebody's day and you make your own day. I'm going to do this while I watch Die Hard. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Thank you for setting up my weekend for me. (laughs) Right. It's I'm telling you, it's super easy to do. And if you like if you feel like it's a little it's a little daunting, it's like adopt a letter and email five of your friends and you can go all go in on it. You can do it as a team. I love that. Yeah, it's the best. Thanks, Santa's mailroom. Mm. Thanks, Mrs. Claus. You know she runs the operation. <laughs> you know Mrs. Claus does all the work. Also, you know that Santa knew that Rudolph was getting bullied and do- did nothing about it. Okay. <laughs> Complicit. <laughs> Complicit. <laughs> Santa ain't shit. Complicit. It's true. It's true. <laughs> on that note, we're going. Here's the thing. When this episode airs, though, on December 15th, is your last day to sign up for healthcare? Oh, there's still right. time. It literally takes 30 minutes. So just do it. Yes, the website is really annoying. Yes, it's going to cost you money. But guess what? You're fucking worth it. So sign up for healthcare. And if you have friends who don't have healthcare, badger them until they do. December 15th, it's the day. Yes, and do it together. Like I, I have found it easier with an accountability buddy to like read through all the options. It's something I get panicky about when I do alone. But like with a friend, I can do it. Just do it. Like, we're all going to live to be 300 years old, and this is how we're going to do it together. <laughs> With healthcare. <laughs> With healthcare. Thanks, Santa. Tell us your secrets. <laughs> Santa Obama. Oh, my God. All Santa right. Obama. I'm going to cry all over again. Oh. Okay. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. You can download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you left us a review. You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at callyrgf. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter, The Bleed, on the Call Your Girlfriend website. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Our theme song is by Robin. All original music is composed by Carolyn Penny Packer-Riggs. Our logos are by Kanisha Sneed. And this podcast is produced by Gina Delbach. I'll see you on the internet, boo-boo. See you on the internet.